Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. Turn around and face your enemy. Some people don't like to face their enemy. Some people like to go with the flow because when they go with the flow, it's much easier. Less conflict, no hassle. Everybody's buddy, buddy, chum, chum. But God didn't make us to be buddy, buddy, chum, chum. If you're a believer, if you follow Christ, you're made and you are bred and you are built for war. For war. Whether you believe it or not, you're built for war. And those that don't understand that, when you start following Christ, you will see those that you hung out with, those that you party with, those that you had fun with, those that you was intimate with, they will turn on you. Because now, you're not doing as the world do, you're not doing what they want to do, you're doing something totally opposite, something totally, totally, totally unique to them that they see that it is crazy. It don't make sense. What do you have to do all that for? Because it's the reason why we follow Christ, for eternal life. Don't believe it? That's your opinion, but opinion varies. And when you fall in Christ, your opinion that I shouldn't do this don't matter. Not to me. Stop. Turn around and face your enemy. We are, are you facing obstacles from people around you? People that despise you, but let alone hang out with you. There's a reason why people that they despise you hang out with you. So they can get close. Get you to get you that get your guard out. Your enemies are the closest one to you. Those are the those those are the best enemies that can be. Those that can infiltrate your atmosphere. To be like you until they find that time to strike. And then it's all over. They cheat you and rob you. Because anybody that's telling you that you don't have to serve God, that you don't have to serve Christ, that all you have to do is just repent and you'll be forgotten and everything is okie dokie. They're trying to rob you. They're trying to cheat you out of your eternal life. And it will happen if you allow it to happen. They lie and spread rumors about you. They betray you, hurt you, and tell you you will never succeed. Who are they? A pastor once defined an enemy as anyone who doesn't want you to succeed. 
in the king's hearing room, we was told, you can take it or you can leave it. That out of all the contacts that you have in your phone, you have at least 10 contacts that you can delete. A friend is a friend that you can easily delete from your phone. Because every time you hear from this, it, it's a whole bunch of drama. Every time something goes wrong, it's your fault. And every time that the phone rings, they need something. Mm. We all have them. We all have them. Some are right up in your face, while others are more subtle, clipping away at you slowly. And you're going to find this very humorous too. You're going to find it very funny. Either way, they can stir up <coughs> all, <coughs> all kinds of powerful emotion, hurt, anger, frustration, and defeat. It could be a co-worker or acquaintance, a family member, or even someone on the street. And I'll be honest with you, the family members are the, are the best, best enemy that you can have. The reason why I say they're the best enemy, because they're so close to you, they infiltrate your atmosphere until it's time to do something catastrophic, something that's totally damaging to you that sometimes you can't bounce back from. And then you get so upset, so mad that you want to do bodily harm to them. They could be people who disagree with you politically, people who persecute you, for your faith. For people who seem to make a habit of criticizing you. Whatever the case may be, enemies are hurt in our spiritual lives. Hurt that can keep us from a Arriving at our destination. However, however, it is not the enemy itself who can halt our progress or hinder us from receiving healing or financial increase. It is our response to our enemy that determines the outcome. When thoughts and emotion try to lead, try to lead the wrong way, lead us in the wrong way, we have to trust. We have to trust. Not in them. Trust sources to help slow us the way, help show us the way out of the hurt and frustration and into the most freely peace and victorious and victory. God's word. This. This will help us out of things. This will show us the way. If we are facing a single enemy <clears throat> and a, or an army of them, you can face them by doing this. Refusing to you 
ready for this? Are you sure you're ready for this? Because it took me a long time to get over this part right here. <coughs> Just need a refresher. It took me a long time to get over this part. Refuse to retaliate. Big word. Can't choke it down. Because we get that's a that's a hurdle right there. That's a that's an obstacle that most of us can't get past. To retaliate. When you can refuse to retaliate against your enemy, oh, you under something then. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. It stirs it up because soon as you say one thing, you add fuel to the fire. And next thing you know, it's blown out of proportion. Mountain out of a molehill. Nobody is making no sense. Everybody want to fight. When you can refuse that, that's a big deal. We're being insulted, lied to, or lied about. Somehow had the audacity to threaten you or harass, harass me, criticize you, maybe they have even betrayed you. And you feel it is your, and you feel it to your core, to where you're so mad, to, you ever get so mad to where you sick to your stomach, to where you are literally, stomach is all upset. Because you want to retaliate, you want to do something to make them feel even worse than what you feel, to it make you safe. Because something is not letting you go through with it. That's the Holy Spirit guiding you, telling you you don't have to be like them. But do we listen at times? That's the point. Do we listen? We are hurt, angry, and you have a lot to say. You even think of going, you even think I am going to give them that I am going to give, going to give that person a piece of my mind. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Because you can't give them a piece of your mind and still call yourself a child of God. <laughs> the piece of your mind you need to give them is the piece that influenced them to say, who are, who are they? Because I just did something terrible to them, and they just blessed and prayed for me. They just gave me a good word. They didn't cuss me out. They didn't jump on me. This is the moment where you choose one road or another. There's only two roads. Two roads to go. Here and when we when we pass. When God calls us home, that's another two roads that you're gonna be going. Here on earth, we got two roads that we go. 
The devil is almost yelling in your ear, you have been done wrong. They deserve to hear about it. Do not let them get away with it. And the more you entertain that, the more you listen, the more you society with your flesh and what they need and they deserve because the devil he's, he's so clever now I tell you he's a clever joke as my sister said I say he's a clever humpback but either way whatever his name is he's clever and he will convince you that they need to be cussed out, jumped on, cut, beat down, whatever it takes to make you, to satisfy your flesh. That's what he will give you. That's what he will allow you to think that they need. See, those are the two roads you take. Christ's way, by forgiving them, praying for them and, and, and blessing them, giving them an encouraging word so that way they won't do it to the next person or the devil way. Cuss them out. Bust their head to the white meat. Get your revenge because you rightfully deserve it. Two roads you don't you gonna take. And ain't no purgatory you're gonna just sit there and that's it. You're gonna take one of the roads. Because the longer you sit and brew on it, the devil's getting his in there. And he's making a he's making his case stick so much, he's making his case seem larger than Christ. He making his case seem more important than Christ. Because you're thinking about it. You're not doing nothing. And the more you do that, subconsciously, it builds up back there. And he have this, he have this way with it too. Then you start to agree. What Satan is saying to you. Because they have no business saying or doing what they did to you, you start to agree with it. Because it seems logical that they need to be, they need to be dealt with so that way they won't do it to somebody else. That's the reason excuse that you come up with. So you can stop them from doing it to somebody else, so you go ahead and you just blast them up. That's all you can come up with? I'm talking about you. You out there, you hear me. That's all you can come up with. Stop them doing it to, doing it to the next person. See, I used to think that way. Like I told, like I tell people, you know what? You can go ahead and hit me, you can do whatever you want. But I bring you out the habit of doing it to the next person. See, that was my excuse for fighting. I'll break out the habits for going to the next person. But those reasons that I had was all Satan. Then you remember the words of Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 26 through 31. In your anger, do not sin. Do not sin. Oh, we can be angry, but do not sin. 
Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. And you say, wait a minute, they just cussed me out, slapped me in my face, they did all this to me, and I got to give them encouraging work to build them up? For what? So they feel like they just got away with this, got away with what they did to me? I'm the victim. So you think you're more a victim than what Christ had got? You think that you're more of a victim than the death that Christ died? You think you're more of a victim than our Lord to see? So basically, you think you're bigger than him. Mm. We'll cover that on the next subject. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Like a fire extinguisher, the word of God put out the urge to be offended and responds if you let it. See, because you sit and allow it to ruin you and not give it to God, if you sit and allow it to ruin you and not pray for that one, if you sit and allow it to ruin you without giving that person an uplifting word, if you sit and allow it to ruin you, Satan's winning. Oh, he's winning. Because he's just waiting for your sun to go down, you go to sleep, he's going to creep in. And he's going to start whispering to you. Oh, God won't let that happen. What planet you on? What planet are you on that you say God won't let that happen? But why God won't let that happen? Where have you been? You went to the moon for a while and came back and realized that Earth was a different place? You better get into this now. You better get into the sin because basically you don't understand. I don't fully understand, but I understand one thing. I understand God allowed things to happen. He allowed it to happen for a reason. And why he allowed it to happen for a reason? Only God knows. He can stop anything he wants to stop, but he allowed things to happen because he is the orchestrator of everything. You don't need to know. All you need to do is just do. Now the first one, which we had some um, very interesting guests that came in today. Welcome you all. It's refused to retaliate. And that's Proverbs chapter 15, verse one. A soft, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When you refuse to retaliate, oh, it's a beautiful thing. And I am learning. And by this, this sharp, compact dynamite right here, 
I never was, when I was in the world, quick to forgive anyone. I was quick to split their head wide open, tear the wig off, and find out what's on their brain. That's what I was. That was me. Retaliate, blink my eye. Before you can blink your eye, you're knocked out. But see, that's not me now. Two, this is a hard for those to accept this. Love your enemy. Yes, love them. Those that do wrong to you, love them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 through 46. And I'm not going to say them. They're coming up. <laughs> They're coming up in the next four sessions of why we need to stop, turn around, and face your enemy. I said this before. When I was young, I thought I was, I thought I was the Disney. I thought I was, I thought I was the man. You know what I'm saying? Here in New York, in Florida, over on Castle Street. Me and my cousin, we had a football game going on. We every Decided we all would play football. Never the guys. Until one day, this girl came up and she wanted to play with us. Her name was Jean. Everybody was like, okay. Because she was big. Not big, big, but I'm talking about like muscular big. But, little old me, little stick of dynamite. No, you can't play with us. It's just the guys and we already got our team together. She said, well, I still want to play. I said, no. Worst mistake of my life. I got in her face and I told her that we're not letting girls play with us. Y'all can't play and you're too soft. <laughs> Let me tell you, that girl picked me up. She body slammed me. She beat me from one end of our so-called football field to the other. No lie. When I say she beat me, she beat, drug me, slammed me, she whipped me. But see, I was call myself the one that liked to start trouble like this. Get my point across. She got her point across, my point across, and everybody on the field point across that she ain't the one to be messed with. When I drove myself home, my mom asked me what happened. I told my mom that four or five guys jumped on me. Beat me up. So my dad was, okay, let's just go find out where they are. I said, no, that's okay, they left. They gone. They gone, Dad. They not here no more. She said, what are you talking about? What you mean? They not, they not here. They gone. So my mom bats me up, knocks off the side of my head, back bruised up, 
legs, limping, arm like. When I say Gene beat me down, Gene beat me down. But I lied. I lied on her. I wasn't a victim, she was a victim. I lied on her. So, Couple weeks went by, my mom wondered why I run in the house every time before it even got. That's not you. What's I said, I just want to get my schoolwork, my homework and stuff done. She said, what? My son want to do homework, his schoolwork, something is up. So my mom, the next day, didn't know, waited. Well, where we lived at, you had to run around the house to get to our door. And I didn't know. So when Jenny came and she got on the field, I took off. <laughs> I'll tell you. My mom, I should have stayed out there with Jenny. When I got around that corner, my mom closed on me. I'm telling you. My mom was, my mom is short, but she is faithful. She is wiry. She clotheslined me. She said, yeah, I seen four or five guys that beat you up. <laughs> Wanna do homework. My son, she said, boy, you get your behind from here and you go out there and you play football. I said, mom, I don't wanna play no more. <laughs> that was the enemy I didn't wanna face. My mom made me stop. She made me turn around and she made me face my enemy. So I went back out there because I had one or two choices. Go back out there or deal with her. My mom carried a 22 loaded and a beam palm hammer. I didn't want no part of that. My knuckles hurt today. I went back out on that field. You hear me? I got beat down again. I got beat down again. Because I was still convinced that she ain't to play with us. A week later, a week later, let me see what, let me tell you what God done. A week later, that was my girlfriend. Jenny and I was an item. We were inseparable. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, this is honest God truth. We were inseparable. Nobody could mess with me. <laughs> I was the man again. You know what you I was the man again. Because my enemy became my friend. My girlfriend, put a girl on the front of the friend, my girlfriend. No one can mess with me. No one. Until I found someone else, light skinned girl, that whipped Jean. <laughs> I got out of that <laughs> and I got into this. <laughs> you hear me? So. And she couldn't mess with me no more because my girlfriend came to our game. So Jeannie couldn't even come on our street. See, see how the, see how the Lord worked that out? <laughs> see, I, I didn't want to be with her, but I couldn't be her. So the Lord made it simple that I had an alternative to get rid of to one that I couldn't be. So, in reality, I was still right. She can't play with us. <laughs> you, you, you hear me? She can't play with us no more. And I was, and I told the guys, they see, I told y'all, two months later, but still yet, I told y'all, she is not gonna play with us. So I was still right. And when the, my cousin looked at me and they just went to laugh. She said, they say, what? Well, you still with the scars, man. 
You got a scar on your forehead when she hit you, and you still rip when she threw you. <laughs> but my new girlfriend, get this, Blanda, she didn't like to play football. Blanda just liked watching the football game. See, and if she wanted to play football, I would have to stay with Jean because she beat Jean. So if I had got the third, she was playing football, I'm messed up. But reality, I say what I say. She's not playing with us. And it came true. See what God does with y'all? See what God does. Did Jesus really tell us to love our enemy? Yes, he did. I would give the beater of the the beater of the neighborhood. He did. But love isn't a feeling. It is a decision. People get too wrapped up in their feelings sometimes, but nothing in the spiritual realm is ever led by human spirit. Nothing. Nothing in the spiritual realm is led by any human feeling. Not at all. We make decisions to receive Jesus. We make decisions to be kind to our friend, like Jeannie. And we make decisions to love our enemy, like Jeannie. Good news! Good news! It is that God doesn't command us. That God doesn't even give us a command that doesn't come from an offering of supernatural assistance. You don't. When you are willing, when you have a willing heart, you will help. And he will help you do impossible and love even your very worst enemy. It's hard, but it can be done. It's our flesh. It's our feeling about that person that hinder us from doing that. And it's the whisper of the devil in your ear saying you need to give it to them, you need to tell them off. You need to do something to them that they did to you. And that's what set us apart from those that want to do and those that willing to do. Three, pray for your enemy. <laughs> you mean you want me to pray for that, the one that just beat me up? Yes, I do. I pray that she's my girlfriend. <laughs> and she was. <laughs> so pray new work, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I had a bodyguard. <laughs> okay. In the form of Jeannie. I was about this tall. Jeannie was this tall. She could pick me up in her arm and talk me like she was told the bride across the threshold. And I was only 05, not a buck 05, 05. I was tiny and small. But I was wired, and my word means something. 
almost three months later, she didn't pay for us no more. My word came something. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Pray for those who spite, spitefully use you and persecute you. Doing what you want to do. 
and you doing what they want to do. It don't work that way. It really don't. You're going to find out in a minute. It keeps you from the bondage that comes with holding a grudge and allowing the flow of blessing to continue freely in your life. When you start doing those things in the world, holding grudges, not forgiving someone, how do you expect the Lord to forgive you when you ask for forgiveness? Lord, please forgive me for this sin, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Then why are you not forgiving that person? Why are you holding grudge against this person? That person did you wrong 40 years ago, you still holding grudge. The person wasn't that cute, no way. But you're upset because it was given to that person and you didn't, you, what, you didn't receive it. This person upset because the car was gave to him and not to you. Here it is later, 40 years later, he don't even have the car. And you still hold the grudge. Four, do good. To your enemy. <laughs> That's a tough one too. Stop, turn around, and face your enemy. You want to do good to your enemy? So you think you're above Christ? That you above our Creator? Send Jeannie away. <laughs> when you think of your enemy, you're likely to think about wanting to bake them their favorite cake. But you should not necessarily bake them a cake, specifically, but doing good to them. Hmm. Hmm. That's what Jesus was saying in this verse. When you are treated poorly, harassed, or facing obstacles, to get in the way. You don't allow Satan to deter you from doing right. You don't allow your family well that's what I would do. Okay? You do it for me then. Or your friends. You can find someone else. They're not good for you. And then here it is, two months later, you come to find out they are with them. Because they want them the whole time. But see, one thing about what we do as a Christian, what we've done, what we've done as a book, well, put it like, script the Christian stuff, script all that other stuff. What we do as a believer in Christ. See, because that trumped all of that there because you can jump and hoop and holler and sling slide, slide all over the floor. Do your little praise dance and go right back out there and do dirt. But when you're a believer, it goes in the church when you come and it leaves out the church when you go. It stays with you. It do not evaporate and turn like a comedian every time you get in a certain situation. And it truly don't hide and shame when you talk about Christ. 
Those that hide in shame, he's going to be shameful, shame in front of you when you stand before his father. Five, forgive your enemy, no matter what they did to you. Christ did. Christ said, Father, forgive them, they not know what they do. He forgave them for what they did. Only if Satan knew what was going on. He did not know. That's how smart he is. He's a very smart Beezabob. He's a very smart humpback. He's a, like I said, he's a very smart joker. He did not even know what he was allowed to happen. If he did, he would have stopped it. He would have stopped everything, shut it down. Don't touch that man. Leave that man alone. But see, it will fulfill that Christ had his time, and his time was numbered. God knew when he was born and when he will depart and descend. He would send every man, he would descend. God only knew. But only if, if that joker knew what he was doing, and I'm still in this for my sister, y'all, because only she can say that. If he only knew what he was doing, he would stop it. He would have stopped it right on the dime. Because he would have knew right then and there what he was bidding for. But he didn't know. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. He will also forgive you. Christ forgave those that persecuted him, that crucified him, that beat him before all that even happened. Whipped into his flesh was, was coming off his skin. Christ suffered unto horrendous death that no one, no one couldn't even survive just the beating that he had. Let alone took his own cross. It's all about Christ, not about us. Not about us. We get hit with something, we like we don't die. <laughs> but Christ died a death that no one could endure. No one. You would have died in the beating. You would have died in the beating. But see, he had a purpose. God had him for a purpose and a purpose only. His life was only here for a purpose and that purpose only. So is yours. Your life is, is not what you want to be. It's what God ordained it to be. And it will be fulfilled one way or another. Remember, I told you there's only two streets you're going to go on when you're on this earth, two streets, Satan and Christ. When you go and your time is here and it is done, you got two roads. One, two. See how I did that? <laughs> when you suffer a deep wound or continually recall a hurtful situation, forgiveness can seem like too big of a challenge to tackle. 
9, 6. Let God revenge you. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous and righteous angry uh, anger of God. See how when God disciplined, when he passed judgment, he do it the right way. We do it the wrong way. We do it because we want to hurt because we're hurt. God loves us enough to give, to, he gave his only begotten son. How much love can he have for us when he gave his only son for us? So he's the only one that has the right to take revenge against his creation. His creation. Let every knee bow, let every tongue confess. Even the rocks cry out in silence. Even the trees, even the sea parts ways when Christ tells them to. Calm yourself when Christ gives the word. Wave his hand. Pull up a storm. Wave his hand. Storms to sea. You mean to tell me you can't put your trust in a God like that? I can. So why today? Stop. Turn around. Face your enemy. Because the only way that you're going to get past that enemy, and they're not going nowhere, you got to face them. And the biggest enemy of all is in the mirror, looking at you. Mm -hmm. That's yourself. Yes. That's your biggest enemy of all, yourself. So on today, allow Christ to be your guiding light. Allow, allow him to light your path. Stop. Face your enemy. Allow God to fight your battles for you and win the war that we cannot win. No one can face and beat or defeat Satan. Only one. Heavenly Father, Lord, allow us, allow, thank you for allowing me to speak, Lord. Thank you for giving me the word and thank you for the blessing that I gave years back to have a bodyguard that I can truly say that you work wonders and things that you do. Comical, but so true. And I'm standing here today giving the word the reason why. Because I trust you in all your decisions that you make for me. Lord, I will stop I will turn around and I will face my enemy because I know you would allow them to take my life. You are only the taker and the revenger of all that you create. These things I pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, we have three different ways that you can give. One way is using the Giveify app by downloading Giveify using your iOS or Android device and search the King's Healing Room, where you will see our senior pastor, Bishop Brian K. Hill's senior photo. You also can use our text to give. Here how it works. There are five steps. Step one, text GIVE to one 981 2759, which is a unique to the King's Healing Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. And step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. <laughs>
you can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhrauthors at gmail.com. That is tkhrouffice at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room and we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.